Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. Today's episode, we are going to continue to concentrate on self-care. We are in the middle of a self-care slash self-prioritization series. There has been a few episodes already, and so I wanted to continue the discussion about that topic today. More specifically, we will talk about the excuses or the most common excuses, because I'm sure there's a ton of excuses. The most common excuses when it comes to making self-care a priority in your life. And there will also be some tangible strategies and tips and questions for you to think about in order to get started with this whole journey of self-care. Before we start the episode, I want to remind you that I have a free Facebook group called Whole Health Empowerment Project. The purpose of that group is to have a safe space for women like you who may feel as vulnerable and feel like you're having a really difficult time making yourself a priority and making your health a priority. The group is pretty new, so I try to get in there as at least two times a month, but the goal of the group is to have a safe space for women like you to feel like you are having or have that connection with other women that may feel the same way that you do. I feel like in this social media crazy world, there's so much stuff out there and a lot of it is you know, not true or it's inauthentic. And so I'm trying to create a space where women can come that, you know, we can come and support each other and be really truthful and honest about, you know, how hard it is to make health changes, but that it can be done and what things, you know, we can do to support each other. You'll also get some freebies over there and I have webinars over there and just other things. And then I'm also live in there trying to go live on Thursday nights, but you know, I'm still, that's still a work in progress. So head on over to the free Facebook group, Whole Health Empowerment Project, and you will find me there. In the past, you know, few episodes, we've talked about self-care, the benefits of self-care, the consequences of no self-care, the kinds of self-care, the necessity of self-care. So in today's episode, we the focus will really be on the excuses that we make to not make ourselves a priority and to not, you know, what what really we're going to talk about four excuses that we use, myself included, I've used all four of these when it turns to why we don't make ourselves a priority. And, you know, I think you all know by now I'm, I'm really a strong advocate of self-care, which is why I wanted to do this series on self-care, but not because I'm so good at it. Really the opposite. I had really catastrophic consequences of not making myself a priority. And so I want to change that for you because I'm starting to really learn why self-care and, you know, and making health changes is really important in my life. And so I like to share whatever I learn with you. So today we're going to discuss some of those four common excuses that I've made and I've heard about when it comes to self-care and just talk about some simple, well, not simple, but some tangible strategies to kind of get through that or to, or to really make you reassess the thought behind it. Excuse number one, I don't have enough time. This is my personal favorite excuse that I've used practically my entire adult life. Have you ever heard yourself saying that or perhaps something similar? It could be something like, I'll make myself a priority later when things slow down. 
or I'll make myself a priority when life is less crazy and busy. You know, perhaps in the past, it was really easy for you to make yourself a priority because, you know, maybe you didn't have the work responsibilities or the life responsibilities that you do now. Somehow as we get older and, you know, other things get, you know, we have kids or we don't have kids or we just have this work life that's totally crazy. And then we have this home life and overall life responsibilities. And so what tends to happen is as, as those life responsibilities increase, so too does the imbalance between self-care and self-prioritization. And it ends up becoming really difficult for us to do that. And we end up putting that really important aspect of our health, you know, at last, because it seems like it's, it just seems like it's an impossibility as the busier you are. You're not alone if you've thought that for sure. I've thought that. And I know I've heard many women and even men say the same thing. So I'm sure that's a very familiar thought and excuse that a lot of us use. You may feel like your day is so full already that it would be impossible to add anything else to it, even if it's something that you really love. What I've come to realize through my own lack of self-care is that for me, complaining about not having time didn't really mean I didn't have the time. So for me, I would complain constantly. I don't have the time to take care of myself. I don't have the time to meditate. I don't have the time to go for a walk. I don't have the time to write down what I'm eating. So for me, it it was it is, and it still can be um, something that I use, an excuse that I use. But what I realized in my own, you know, growth is that when I would say that I don't have time, it was really that I wasn't ready to prioritize my time or make the commitment required to perform the things that I knew would make me feel better. So for me, it wasn't like I didn't really have the time. It was that I didn't want to do it or that I was scared to do it, or I didn't really want to do it yet. I don't know if any of you have felt like that, like you want it, but you don't really want to make the time yet. You know it will make you feel better, but you're kind of delaying that gratification. That's something that I do. So I don't know if that's something that maybe you do too. Complaining about lack of time was a way for me to feel like I had more control over something. And, you know, I came to realize though over time and through lots and lots of therapy that... (laughs) You know, if I really wanted to do something, I made the time to do it. And if I didn't want to do something, then I would always make an excuse that I couldn't do it. So I don't know if that's freeing or if that's a disappointing thought for you, but I think the good news in that statement is that time is the great equalizer in that we all have the same amount every day. The difference is the priorities may be different at different times of our life and different seasons. But ultimately, you know, we all have the same amount of time in a day to achieve what we desire. And so, you know, the person who's doing all the things that you want to be doing when it comes to self-care or just making yourself a priority overall is really no different from who you are. But the difference is, is that they learn how to make themselves a priority and they've prioritized their their day differently than you have prioritized your day. So for me, you know, I think that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. But when I finally realized that if I didn't make my health goals a priority, 
then I wouldn't be able to achieve them. So I would a lot of times complain about, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time for that. But eventually I realized that in order to get to the goal, then I would actually have to make myself a priority to get there. If I wanted to eat better, make exercise a priority, or just tend to have better self-care, then I need it to make myself a priority or it wasn't going to happen. Because the reality is that you may never have enough time to do the things that you want to do. And so you must create the time if it's going to happen. Again, I don't know if that's freeing or disappointing. I think probably all of us have that we all know this, right? But it gets to this like a deeper level of like having to admit that maybe you're not ready to make self-care a priority or, you know, maybe you really truly are in a season that you can't take the, the amount of time that you really would like to do. But just acknowledging that and taking a few seconds or maybe a few minutes each day to do something for yourself, maybe more you know, it may be more attainable than you think that it is at this point. So how can we challenge this excuse? Well, I think for most of you, it's just trying to look at your own life and try to figure out, you know, what it is that you want in terms of making yourself a priority. Um, Do you want to try to meditate? Do you want to be calmer? Do you want to set boundaries? What is something that you feel is becoming more important to you? Now you may need to have that space of self-care in order to answer that question. So I really just want to kind of remind you or ask yourself this question, like what is the cost of not taking time for yourself and deciding or connecting with yourself enough to know what's important to you? I mean, you may never get to a point that you ever make your health a priority if you don't look at the excuse and really kind of break it down and really be honest with yourself. Like, is it just that you're not ready or is it because you truly don't have the time to do it? Because there are very different things, but for most of us, I'm sure we can find some time during the day because we're on social media, we're watching TV for many hours a day. So perhaps maybe we can squeeze some time in during that, you know, time that we're taking doing all those activities to take and carve out a few minutes for ourselves to really start to reconnect with what makes us feel better. Excuse number two, I'm too tired. Ugh, who hasn't felt this way? And our hustle-driven culture that rewards all the hard work and all the hustling and all the multiple jobs and all of the endless pursuit of trying to be, you know, and doing more and working harder. I'm sure that most of us have this feeling, you know, pretty daily. We may wake up tired. We may drink lots of caffeine to get us through the work day and then barely make it through the night. You know, with the whole I'm tired, I think it can, I think it's real, right? And then we repeat this day over and over again. And we may have seasons where you feel more tired than other times. You know, I think of when I had my kid, I, you know, doing it all on my own and having an infant, I can't remember being so tired as I was then. And over time, as he's gotten older, you know, I'm still tired, but it's just a different kind of tired. You know, you could be like physically tired or emotionally tired or both physically and emotionally tired. And 
we often give up doing the the very things that make us feel better and that energize us when we're the most tired. So it's trying to figure out how do we stop this never-ending feeling of being tired? So how can we challenge this too tired excuse? Well, look at your schedule. That would probably be, you know, a good place to start and really try to figure out how much time you spend on social media or in front of the TV. So we just talked about this. I mean, you can, there's like, you know, looking back at your day and trying to figure out, I'm sure most of us will be like, oh, I can't do it. I get up in the morning. I take care of the kids or I take care of my family or I take care of myself. I walk or I work all through the day and then I come home and I just go to sleep. But I'm sure in the midst of that, whether you're at work or whether you're on your way home from work, you may have some time or on your way to work in the morning, you may have some time that you can carve out that you can do something, you know, even if it's just a few minutes, even if it's just a meditation or if it's reading a book, that's going to tap into something that you love, you know, so just trying to figure out and carve out a few minutes or even 10 minutes to see if there's something that you want to do. This could be something like also going for a walk after dinner or writing in a gratitude journal each evening while you are watching TV. It could be listening to an audiobook or anything that kind of reminds you and reconnects you to your to who you are and how you feel physically, mentally, emotionally. The second thing would be to pick the time of the day when you feel the most energized. So if you're tired at night after a long day at work, then it may not be reasonable for you to come home and exercise or make a full dinner. It may be more reasonable for you maybe to do your self-care routine in the morning. If lunchtime is when you are the most energized, then start thinking of ways that you can make yourself a priority during this time. So try to, you know, do it in a time that you feel the most energized throughout the day, because then chances are you'll feel a little bit more apt to do that because you have the energy at that particular time. Examine your lifestyle. I mean, are you sleeping enough? Are you spending too much time on your devices before bed. How many of us do that, right? Where we we have our phone on right before we go to bed and then we wake up first thing in the morning and we're checking the news or we're checking our email or we're checking our social media handles. So that might be something that's hindering your sleep. And so then you may feel tired because of that. Are you eating nutritionally balanced meals? So this is more in my wheelhouse, right? So, you know, are you getting your, are you getting a combo of like complex carbs and proteins and dairy and fruits and vegetables? Are you, you know, I believe that if you crave something, then you should have it, but certainly you need foods that are going to nourish your body. So despite the whole all foods fit idea, you know, there's going to be things that nourish your body more than other things. So if you're living mostly on donuts and not eating fruits and veggies and proteins, you know, that might be a difference when it comes to energy levels. You will probably feel more energized if you're having a nutritionally well-balanced meal throughout the day. Are you staying hydrated? I mean, are you making sure that you drink enough water? Are you making sure that you're not overdoing it when it comes to caffeine? All of these things will be and will help make you feel tired throughout the day. And then lastly, like if you truly are tired all of the time, 
Consider if there's something bigger going on than just your lifestyle. Do you have a medical condition that you need that you currently have, or maybe you suspect that you have that you need to review with your doctor? Do you have sleep apnea? Do you have, you know, thyroid issues? Are you iron deficient? Do you have diabetes? Part of self-care is also taking into consideration and being on your doctor's appointments and making sure that if you feel like something is wrong with you, that you're getting evaluated by um, a medical professional to see if there truly is something wrong with you. Or perhaps you're somebody who deals with anxiety or depression, or maybe you have a feeling that maybe that's something that you have. So that also could be a place where maybe you need to speak to a mental health professional to kind of help combat that or really help you through that process because that's a real thing. It's important to understand the etiology of what's happening in your body and really explore that, you know, because if you are tired and it's a true tiredness or, you know, it's just going to be really important for you in terms of really trying to decipher that out and ask yourself some of these questions as a way to really you know, get to a place that you are able to make self-care a priority. Excuse number three, it's too hard. I don't think I can do it. And I don't really think I'm that disciplined. This excuse may be something that we think maybe not consciously or out loud, but, and maybe you don't even really acknowledge it, but it might be something that you're thinking by your behavior. So I want to remind you and to validate that Any new behavior that you do is going to probably feel uncomfortable and it may actually be hard at the beginning, right? So you may never know if you could or couldn't do something if you don't try. And so here is a place where you may need to examine any limiting beliefs or any negative self-talk that you're doing to try to get to a place that you feel like you can do something. And so that might be when you need to speak with a mental health professional to try to help you combat those negative self-talk that you're having or to even acknowledge what you're having. When I do all of this in terms of self-care, this is from my own perspective and what has helped me. And I work with a, a mental health professional. I have a therapist and I have many years. And so I am not a mental health professional. So I can kind of talk about you know, self-care when it comes to my experience, but certainly your experience may be completely different and likely is completely different than my own. So I don't claim to be a mental health professional. And so I want you to seek somebody out that is a mental health professional. If you feel like, you know, any of this resonates with you or that you need more help, um, you know, in getting through whatever it is that that's preventing you from making yourself a priority or taking self-care, as serious as maybe you could. So when we talk about this, how do we challenge this excuse? Well, when I, when you're making any change, starting with a small step and then building on it steadily until as it becomes more routine to you, maybe the easier way to start. You know, I know that a lot of us get into this like all or nothing attitude where you're going to make this big change all at one time. But ultimately what tends to happen for a lot of people is that, you know, you have all that motivation in the beginning. And then as that motivation inevitably, inevitably starts to fade, which is totally normal, then those changes start to come kind of go by the wayside. So if you're able to start 
small. So just, you know, just acknowledging some things that you like to do for self-care, doing just a little bit each day, that's going to probably help reinforce the notion that you can do it. Most things that we're starting, at least from my experience, I I, I think I can do it, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. And I don't know if that is something that you, that resonates with you too, but I feel like, okay, I'm ready to try. And then each time or each day that I work on that change, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier and it becomes a little bit more routine. And so this is when consistency is really, when it really counts, because when you're doing something for a long-term change to occur, it's doing the same thing over and over again and consistently that's going to get you to the result that you want and know that you will lose motivation along the way and that's normal. But sticking with it, even if you don't have the motivation and letting it become part of your routine will get you to become more proficient at that behavior that you want. So the difference between you and the person that you want to become is that they make whatever they want, whatever they're doing. So whether it's exercising or eating the way that they want or taking care of themselves, there's no real difference between you and them, except that they make whatever it is, that behavior that they want to change, they make it a priority one and they practice it consistently too. So there's not this idea that like, wow, they're superhuman and they're so great. I mean, I know when I... I remember having this discussion with my friend and we talked about how we know people who are really good at taking care of themselves. And at first it's kind of this like, oh, they're so selfish. They put themselves first, but then you're like, okay, well, like there's something to that. Like, it's not really actually selfish. Like they're genius. How did they even do that? How did they even have that idea that they could do that? And really what is different is that they're they've become, you know, they started believing that they were important and then they just practice that every day. And then now they're like master self, you know, self-care people. And I want to be like that. And so the more you do it, the more practice that you get, the easier it's going to be to take care of yourself and make self-care a priority and get the outcome that you desire. So know that it might actually be hard, but know that it's, and it might be uncomfortable at the beginning, but that, you know, if you're able to just keep, start small and make it a priority or just, you know, make one small change at a time and then build on it steadily, each day it will get a little bit easier, a little bit more routine. And then that's where the long-term change is going to happen. And the last excuse I want to talk about today is I feel bad. I feel guilty for putting myself first. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I think all of us have felt. So I saved the best one for last. I know for a lot of us as women, it's much easier to put ourselves first and to put, I'm so sorry, to put others first and I know for a lot of us as women, it's much easier to put others first and ourselves last. Oh, yeah, yeah. But always taking care of others without any regard for taking care of ourselves may and ultimately will leave you feeling burnout, overextended, and resentful. I don't know about you, but boy, is this an excuse I used to use pretty often and sometimes still find myself using. I used to feel like I was a martyr. So, 
I would put myself last constantly and put others before myself. And I felt like a martyr because I felt like it was like this badge of honor that I would do for others more than I would do for myself. But what I realized through my own therapy journey was that there was kind of this like selfishness in that. And I think that was like a big eye-opening aha moment for me. So I think what I was doing, and I don't know if any of you do this, and so what I would do is I would feel so good about my identity and I by helping others. So it was like almost this way that I like didn't take care of myself so that I could be of benefit to others because doing that or making myself some kind of martyr actually made me feel good about who I was. And let me tell you, that was not a pleasant (laughs) realization in any way because through it and by putting others first and by getting that, like, cause I was actually getting something out of it, right? I was getting this like feeling of being a martyr and feeling like, you know, that like it was okay to put myself last, but man, did I suffer because I did that. And I even suffered by having that realization. It was tough. It was a tough one to, to acknowledge for sure. And so when I started to kind of tease that out and first acknowledge that I was doing that, I realized that it wasn't selfish to set boundaries because ultimately I would feel better if I took care of myself first and then I would have a result of improved relationships because I was much more, you know, I kind of knew what I was feeling. I was, I started to get a little bit more in tune with how I was feeling. I think one of the things with self-care is that, you know, we, we just go and we put everyone first. And so we have no idea how we're feeling and we have, we're not in touch with anything. Everything just feels crazy. Our life feels crazy. Our brain feels crazy. And so it's very difficult to really reconnect and connect with what we're feeling at that time. And I think it makes us not that great of friends or partners or, you know, good family members because we're just so crazy and in our head. We may not even feel like good parents because we're always yelling at our kids because we feel like so disconnected from who we are. So I would say that it's selfish not to put yourself first, right? That we are all deserving of the love and respect that only we can provide for ourselves. And what I'm realizing is that if we don't take care of ourselves, then who is going to do that? So it's not selfish to set boundaries or limit time with people who make you feel bad or to take care of your physical and emotional needs first. Because ultimately having self-care will not only make you feel better, it will help you feel restored and reconnected. And ultimately that will lead to having better relationships with all the people in your life that you want to connect with. We've all been given this like beautiful vessel of life and that to be our most helpful to others, we must first take care of ourselves. We will be better parents and friends and partners and family members, and we will even have more empathy and compassion and, you know, for ourselves and for others. And also self-care will allow us to better reconnect with our overall purpose. I mean, most of us on this listening to this are over 40. And so we're getting to a place where it's probably like, what is my purpose here? And I think as we get older, we start to see that like, you know, we don't always want to take care of others. We are just as important to take care of ourselves. And 
if we lack that, if we don't take care of ourselves, then it's going to be really hard to reconnect with what we want for the rest of our lives and what we want to bring to this world and the relationships that are that have become the most important to us. So these are the four excuses that I see. If you have any other excuses that you want me to elaborate on, head on over to my website, trishard.com or join my free Facebook community, Whole Health Empowerment Project. You know, in this self-care series, I want you to recognize that self-care and self-prioritization and just overall behavior change is not an impossibility, but it does require taking small steps consistently, repeatedly over time, making it more routine to get you to achieve the bigger goal of what you want. So all of this, you know, all of this self-care, it's not about it's not about being perfect. It's just about taking a little bit of time every day. And it could even be as little as 1%. That's what I always say. It's about being 1% better each day. So I know that you've all heard the old saying, the most important relationship is the one we have with ourselves. So that statement alone is further proof that we need to take care of ourselves and make ourselves a priority in order to take care of others, which I know most of us, all of us, probably that's the goal is to take care of our loved ones. So please take care of yourself first so that you can be better at taking care of your loved ones in the future. You have one body that you've been given. And so you deserve to feel comfortable in that body and to have the respect and give yourself the respect your body deserves for getting you through all of the hard things and all the really joyous things that life has had to offer. So be kind to yourself and be kind to your body. And I'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.